Here's a sneak peek of what we have today. And we would take boats down the Amazon and we would fix people's teeth in the villages along the side. Why should we specialize? Why should we not specialize? You have to look in the mirror every day and be able to be proud of what you've been able to do. There's a lot to know about in dentistry. We should be having discussions about business, entrepreneurship, and innovation. So let's start right here, right now. This is the Business of Drilling. Okay, so welcome back to the Business of Drilling. Today, we have a really exciting guest, Dr. Neki Jamal. Uh, Dr. Neki Jamal was raised in Calgary, Alberta, where he attended the University of Calgary and received his BSc in Biological Sciences and Economics. Neki then moved to Saskatoon, where he received his Doctorate of Dental Medicine at the University of Saskatchewan. Uh, Neki's a current member of the Alberta Dental Association and the Canadian Dental Association. He's also extensively involved in volunteering, which you'll talk about. And he's overall just a really, really nice guy. Really excited to have him on. So welcome, Dr. Jamal. Uh, happy to have you. How you doing? I'm so pumped to be here. I think this is awesome. Uh, I'm I'm doing well, man. Summer's going good, and uh, yeah, I'm just I'm just excited. I, I'm I'm I think it's so cool that the future of dentistry is sitting right in front of me here and wants to wants to interview me. So that's that's cool. There you go. Where you definitely you're definitely someone who needs to be interviewed. Like you have really cool stories. Um, oh, so <laughs> let's just kind of get right into it. Like you you've been talking about some of the stories you've had so far, but can you just tell us a bit about yourself, your journey, and how you got to where you are right now? So I grew up like poor. Like we my parents got divorced. I didn't have a home for a long time. Like we grew up poor. And I remember. I don't know, man. I got, I got a lot of stories, but I remember my dad saying, he's like, you know, you can, you can create your own life for yourself. And I was like, okay, okay. Like you, like you can, you have to think big. You have to think, think that nothing can slow you down. Nothing can impede you. And here I'm like, you know, a fat 12 year old kid thinking, what the hell does that even mean? You know what I mean? And, uh, so I go to university, I had average marks in high school. All I cared about was basketball and I was like super chubby. And, you know, I looked up to all these, like, I want to get a girlfriend. Wasn't that good looking. <laughs> and so, you know, you go to university, you try your best, you know, I found the first couple of years pretty tough. And then you get in your groove and you get good grades and end up with a couple of 4.0s in my last couple of years. And, and, uh, I remember saying to my dentist, I'm like, man, I really want to be a dentist. When my dad, we didn't have money. He, he took out a loan and he gave me the biggest confidence booster I could ever have, which is my smile. And I'm like, I think it'd be so damn cool if I could do that for someone else. And this is a similar story to a lot of people, but um, the, the thing that I thought impeded me were my hands. Like I'm six foot five, I got massive hands and my dentist put his hands up to mine and his were like twice the size of mine. He's like, man, you don't put your hands in people's mouth. You use tools. And I was like, oh shit. All right, cool. I'm going to be a dentist. <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, I uh, applied to U of A, UBC and U of S and uh, I broke my soap in the dat. So I couldn't apply to U of A that year. So I got into UBC and U of S and then chose to go to U of S from there. But yeah. I, I forgot about yeah. the soap carving stuff for the Canadian dads. We didn't have to do that. Or I, I didn't. I didn't. Oh, really? I completely avoided it. Yeah. <laughs> Oh shit. Yeah, yeah. So Dr. Mall, how have you, how's your career been? Like, what have you been up to? What have you been doing? Um, you know, my, I feel like my career has been kind of all over the map. Um, I, I started out, I didn't know what to do when I graduated. Um, I thought I wanted to go into, you know, specialty school in school. I love doing prosto. And the crazy part is, is now I haven't, you know, prepped a crown in over three years. And so it's, 
it's taken my, my dental path has taken a wild journey. And, you know, there's, there's been times where you, you throw your hands up in the air and you wonder, you know, what, what you should be doing. And if, you know, I'm sure you guys have heard, but you don't really understand yet. Dentistry is an extreme roller coaster. It will take you to the lowest lows and the highest highs, and you can get there in the same day. And so, um, I, I don't know. Like when I, when I first started, like I said, I wanted to go to process school. I started working out as a GP. Um, I liked it. I bought my, um, you know, I bought my office, um, with my partner, um, within the first six months of graduating. And back then it was like, you know, a 13 chair off you you're taking out a loan for a couple million dollars. And this coming from a guy who like, you know, who thought, I was never going to even make $50,000 a year when I was a kid. Cause I thought that was like an astronomical amount. And here I am taking out a loan for a couple million bucks and, uh, you just dive into it. And as you're learning your hand skills, you're kind of learning how to run a business. And it was super, super stressful. Um, I would say it cost me my marriage and it cost me like, you know, my, my friends around me, um, because I didn't know how to handle life. And then something clicked. And for me, the thing that clicked was I got to stop thinking about myself and I got to start switching it to service. How can I help the people around me? What can I do to change the lives of the people around me, not only at home, but across the world? How can I make my splash in this world? And, and what will that mean for me? And so um, I started volunteering and I started giving back every single way I knew how, not just at home, but across the world. And I started, um, you know, creating smiles, not only, you know, here at home, but also in Guatemala and Nicaragua and Peru and Ecuador. And we would take boats down the Amazon and we would fix people's teeth in the villages along the side, and like, you know, I would have never thought I would have had this ability, but to be able to give back in my profession that way has really shaped my career. And that's what's going to take me to my next step in my life. And uh, I'm super excited to see where that leads. So I know that's a long winded answer, but man, dentistry will, uh, will take you in so many cool directions. You just have to be open to accepting, um, you know, what's coming at you. Awesome. We have, we have like school trips and stuff like that. Unfortunately we can go on any of them this year because of COVID, yeah. but everyone yeah. always talks about it and never really experienced it so far. It seems like an incredible experience, but how many of them have you done? Um, I want to, I, I lose count. Like, uh, I, I don't know, like 15 or 18 or something like that. Yeah. Like I've been, I've been on a ton of them, been to Guatemala and Nicaragua, um, a bunch of times, like going back to the same communities. And we also started, um, uh, like a water well initiative there. I've kind of piggybacked on this charity called change for children out of Edmonton and they do just amazing stuff. And I thought it'd be super cool to, um, you know, help fundraise for that initiative. So through, um, you know, this dental program and, and everything we've done, we've been able to, uh, you know, fund over 13 water wells in Northwestern Nicaragua. And it's pretty cool when you can go back to those communities and fix their teeth as well. Right. So it's, it's been awesome. You said that, uh, you said that everything changed, uh, at, at one point in your career, um, you realized one thing and then, and then your whole career took a switch for the better. Um, how, what was that switch? Like at what point after you graduated, did everything start to click and you realize what your purpose was? That's a great question. You know, I think what happens is it's, it's really easy to get jumping on that hamster wheel and you go to work every day 
And it's the same thing. And bills come in and money goes out and money comes in and bills go out and, and you get caught up in this own little world and you're trying to just keep your head above water because you're supposed to be investing you're supposed to be paying off your student loans. You're supposed to be, um, you know, being the best dentist you can be, you have to learn the difference between ceramic and zirconia and how to cement them and what instruments you use. And you're just trying to become a dentist and a business owner and a boss and, and, you know, deal with employees. And I love my team so much, but I, I still don't know how to run my team. You know what I mean? And so I just had to take that step back and take a deep breath and focus on what's important and what's important is supporting the people around me and helping those that don't have the ability to pay you back. And that's to me, that's, that's what was the switch that kind of gave me clarity and allowed me to stay grounded and allowed me to, you know, really make an impact out there. You, you said you, um, you said you only, you stopped doing crowns like two or three years ago. That's the last time you've done crowns. So what, what are you focusing on now? And, and at what point did you switch your, uh, your focus? For sure. So, um, I started doing, well, through these, I hate to say it through these dental trips, I started taking out a lot of teeth, right? Like you go to these places and, and sometimes, you know, you're, you don't have all the instruments you need and you're taking out teeth with anything that you have left at the end of the day from going through sterilization. And, um, I, I guess I just got good at taking out teeth and that's where I found I could really shine and I could really take the, if you know me, you'll know that, you know, I'm always pretty happy and I'm always, you know, I can, I can put a lot of people at ease and I thought I could, I could create, you know, the, the biggest impact in people's lives. And, you know, for my patients, if I can talk to the patients with severe anxiety and I could say, you know what, dentistry doesn't have to be that bad. And then I got to get, then I got to like, you know, going into sedation and, and helping people out that way. And then I started taking out, you know, lots and lots of wisdom teeth and, and helping people get rid of their fears um, around dentistry. And that's kind of what my whole practice has turned into is just sedation, um, extractions, um, wisdom teeth, and, uh, and like, you know, whatever anyone needs under sedation for, for the anxious patients. And I find that's what gives me so much self-satisfaction is satisfaction when I can, you know, get a patient in who's so scared and I can like, you know, talk them off the ledge and we can get whatever work that needs to be done. And, and I've kind of grown my career that way. And I get lots of referrals from my surrounding communities to, you know, use my services for that. So that's kind of what I've been doing. And I've had a lot of fun doing that too. I noticed a lot of people actually, you're not the first, you know, dentist we've talked to um, that really kind of started focusing on one area of general dentistry like that and just became really good at it. Right. So when you decided, if you decided, do you still do any other restorative work or are you primarily? Oh surgery? yeah. Yeah. One, one day a week, I still like to do, you know, I still like to see toothaches. I still like to uh, do fillings and it's just like, you know, the, the, you know, upper hand cosmetic work, I find that very stressful and I don't find it very fulfilling. And, mm -hmm. um, I feel like there's other dentists in my office, um, that 
you know, do such a good job at that. And that's what they do. That's their bread and butter. So as they're, as I'm focusing on my thing with implants and surgery, they're usually focusing on, on their thing with cosmetics and, and restorative. And, uh, we have a dentist in our office who just does endo all day and a dentist that sees kids all day. And so it's, uh, it, it's pretty cool to, you know, have all those different facets in your office that I can just say, Hey, just go see my buddy, Eric over here and he'll do your root canal and he'll take care of you. Cause you don't want me doing it. <laughs> Oh, that's cool. So what was your, what was your learning process then to, you know, sort of micro specialize in surgery? Like how did, how did you go from there? Cause you all, like, you all had to build on it somehow. Right. Yeah. So, um, you know, I just started taking a ton of courses and, um, you know, getting a lot of practice, but as I soon found out is when you go to courses, people don't, and I found this really frustrating is, you know, they pay all this money, you'll go to these courses and they, they leave the most important step out or they'll leave, they'll give you the big picture, but they won't tell you exactly, you know, what's going on. And so, um, I just dove into it and I failed and I failed and I failed and out of that came success. And so you learn where you fail and you learn where, you know, you need to improve. You look at an outcome, you do it over and over again. It keeps on failing. Well, shit, of course, it's not going to work. It's, it's, it's something's wrong with the, with how you're doing it. So like you, we've all heard the quote, the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again, expecting a different result. Right. And so, um, you just, if, if it's failing, well, what am I doing wrong? Go, go seek out those people that will help you get to where you need to be. And unfortunately I didn't have that. And living in a rural area, you know, I had my boss that I, I worked with, um, before, you know, I purchased the practice and he stayed on after, but he wasn't a mentor. He didn't teach me anything. And I found that very difficult. You know what I mean? So I wanted to change that. And so I started teaching the next generation of people. So I, I joined the Bites Institute in, I want to say 2015 out of uh, Vancouver. And I started teaching PRF or platelet-rich fibrin. So I teach dentists, you know, how to take blood, how to make your patients heal, use their patient's own growth factors for themselves. And I kind of, I just loved it, man. Like, I know I like to help people in dentistry, you know, around the world, but why not help my fellow dentists as well? And so people would call me all the time. People still call me. My phone blows up every day. Hey, how do I take out this tooth? What should I do here? And I wanted to be that mentor for other people. So, um, I started teaching more and more and, and, uh, people started asking me, you know, for wisdom teeth, how do I take out wisdom teeth? What should I do here? I, I don't know how to reflect a flap. I don't know how to do this. My surgeries are messy. And so I created, um, you know, a course and I started teaching this course and it kind of blew up and I don't even advertise it because I don't want it to blow up. I don't want it to get huge. I like being able to have one-on-one -on -one time with, with everyone who signs up. I have zoom calls just like this, like one-on-one, -on -one, let's go over your cases. Let me help you. Let me tell you where you're going to mess up because I've been there. You know what I mean? And so I found like that has been a refreshing aspect of, of dentistry as, as you know, I progressed through the, the ways of doing it, but that's how, I don't even remember what the question was. You, I just keep on talking. I'm sorry guys. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, that, that's kind of what, what got me to, to where I am, uh, right now. 
Yeah, no, like, so we talked about, you know, building on your skill set. It, I see, I think it's a really freaky thing for some people, you know, to decide to go rural, be the only dentist in an area. And then you get to kind of have a bunch of stuff to deal with on your plate that you might not be comfortable dealing with, but you know, you're a living, breathing example of someone that just kind of hit the ground running, got working and you got to where you were and weren't kind of afraid of failure. So that's an important yeah, lesson. Well, you can't be afraid of failure because I still fail and I fail every day. And until you, you know, you accept that, like you're not going to be perfect. Um, man, like I'm more happy. I, I get more excited sharing my failures than sharing my successes. And this is why I kind of laugh at Instagram a little bit because man, you get 99 out of hundred dentists on there showing these beautiful cases. It makes the everyday general dentist feel like shit because you're like, how am I going to do that? How can I recreate this? And it almost makes you scared to do anything. You know what I mean? And I find that I find it very intimidating, especially, you know, as a secure dentist right now, I, I feel, and I'm intimidated by, by seeing that stuff all day. And so, um, yeah, it, it, we just have to, we have to get beyond that and understand that you're going to fail and understand that failure is a natural part of this profession because we can't control everything, but it's how you bounce back and how you, um, I guess, grow from your failures, but most importantly, how you take care of your patients, because at the end of the day, you want to be able to look someone in the eye and say, listen, this is the actual best that can be done for you. And, um, I'm just happy to be able to be a part of that for you. And if it doesn't work, I'm going to take care of you because at the end of the day, it doesn't have to come down to dollars and cents all the time. And that's the unfortunate part of dentistry that we often get, you know, smashed with is, you know, I paid all this money and it doesn't work. Well, we have to take care of our patients at the end, at the end of the day as well, and, and do everything we can for them so that, you know, they feel value in, in what they've received. You're completely right on that front. I, I'm just wondering, like, why? I understand that, like, a lot of dentists they they define their niche and they're like, "This is what I love to do, and this is where I find the biggest impact, and this is where I feel most fulfilled." But then, why? Like, coming from a student that is is considering either GP or specialty or whatever it is that I'm considering, why not specialize if that's like the thing that you're most focused on? I mean, if you're like, I love surgery, this is what I want to do for the rest of my life. Why not? Is it, is it, is it, um, is it the thought process of, I don't need to do this. So why am I, why go through the extra schooling or is it the uh, process of, I don't like school anymore. Or what is, what is the process that makes you say, I don't want to specialize. I just want to, uh, continue to do courses and, and, and do what you're doing now. You know, that's a phenomenal question. And that's a question that plagues me all the time. Um, because you think about it this way. So had I originally wanted to specialize in school, I loved prosto, like loved it. I, I couldn't wait for my prosto appointment next week. You know what I mean? And then look at me now. Like I, I really dislike prosto. I think it's amazing how people do it, but I really dislike it now. So to be able to be pigeonholed right out of school, I don't know if that's the, you know, the best thing. I think the the way to do it would be working for a couple of years, see what you like, see what you don't like, and then go from there. Um, but the heart of your question is, is, you know, why, why should we specialize? Why should we not specialize? And the reason I didn't specialize is because I had a great practice and, um, I didn't want to give that up. And to this day, I don't want to give it up, but I would say every single day 
I ask myself that question. I say, you know what, what would my life had been like, I had good marks in school. I could have, you know, I could have been a competitive applicant for oral surgery. I would hope, I don't know. Um, but I'm like, you know what, why don't you go back now? And if, and like learn everything that, that you want to learn. Cause for me, it's not about, you know, only doing one thing all the time. For me, it's like being the best you can in that field and learning everything you need to. And, and I think right now, you know, if you said you knew it all as a GP, you're just ignorant. You know what I mean? Like you need to, there's so much more to learn out there. And, um, I guess the, the real reason why I didn't is, is I just, couldn't and I still to this day won't won't give up my office. I love my team. I love my community. I love the people around me and and um I I I, I don't know. I just I, there's things that there's sacrifices you have to make to go into specialty school and um I wasn't willing to, you know, give up the people around me to to go and do that. But I think that's a great option. I think the earlier in your career you do that, the easier it'll be. Um, but then you're kind of only stuck in that one aspect. Like the cool thing about what I'm doing is tomorrow is if I change my mind and you know want to get big into veneers and full mouth rehab. I know I could start doing it tomorrow. You know what I mean? Whereas as a specialty, you may not be able to, but, um, I like the idea of not going into it right after school and, you know, working for a couple of years and seeing what you like and what interests you, because let me tell you, it will change and it will change quite a bit. As someone who has like hindsight to this, because you've, um, already made your choice and, and, uh, um, what kinds of questions do you think that people that are trying to make a decision of whether they should specialize or not, or what they should specialize in or when, uh, what questions should we be asking ourselves or what questions do you wish that you asked yourself? Yeah. You know, like, let's, let's, let's just be completely honest here. Okay. You have to look in the mirror every day and be able to be proud of what you've been able to do. And so to me, I, I, I struggle with that at times. I know I make an impact on the people around me. Whose life did I change today? I can do that as a specialist or as a GP. Um, I found it really tough early in my career. And I found a lot of regret um, not specializing because I thought I needed to be the best and I, and I still, to this day, I feel like I need to be the best dentist. I need to be the best, you know, runner. I need to be the best this, I need to be the best that. Cause I don't fail. Like I, I, I know I fail every day, but that's what, you know, builds me to where I am today. But I wish earlier in my career, I would have given myself, you know, an honest look and say, you know, I could give up my practice if this is what I wanted to do. And so you just have to, you know, evaluate what's around you and what's important to you. Because at the end of the day, when people say, you know, there's, you know, certain financial rewards with being a specialist money, isn't going to make you happy. I can tell you that right now, money will not make you happy. Money will buy you freedom, but it will not make you happy. So, um, I think there's a lot of misconception out there. Like I want to go into this, you know, specialty because of its, you know, financial gain and, you know, that's a part of it, but don't do it for that. Um, you, you just have to do it because you like one aspect of dentistry and you just want to be the best at it. And that's what going into specialty school can allow you to do. You make me like self-reflect instantly. It's really cool. You have a really interesting perspective. And honestly, I mean, you, you make me want to be a better person already. So it's really, good. thank ah, you. Thanks, thank man. you for sharing. You no, can't it's, say that. It, that's, how, that's very kind. It's really cool. Like, um, cause I think that that hits home with a lot of people, you know, like, uh, I think specialty 
schools for a lot of students is it's not so much, you know, like, oh, I completely want to do this because again, like you said, like we, we don't, we don't know much. I mean, we don't even know what we don't know, right? Like we haven't practiced. We don't know the procedures we like. We don't, we don't know the procedures we hate. And I think it's very narrow focus to be like, oh yeah, like I'm going right into specialty school when, you know, you're a second or third year dental student, whatever, like, um, what I'm seeing a lot from the people we talk to is the experience that you get your first couple of years out of school is really sort of what molds your perspective on dentistry and you really figure out what you like to do and what you don't like to do. And so I don't know about you guys, like jury, Chris, like I, I've definitely like taken a step back and tried to like not force myself to commit to anything. I'm just like, I, I, I like every aspect so far. I want to see what I don't like at this point. <laughs> Dude, you, you totally nailed it right there. You don't know what you don't know. And you have to kind of get a taste of everything. But the cool part about being a GP as well is like, you have the ability to be a business owner and not even a dentist. You know what I mean? Like I talk to people like, like you guys in, in London, like, like Sham Shurgan, I have so much respect for that guy. Cause he's like, you know what? I'm going to, you know, own offices. I want to, you know, build something where I can help so many people on scale. And then I look in the mirror and I'm like, man, I look at this guy, he's got, you know, 25 offices. And then I look at me with just one, but I've built like, you know, four offices inside one. And I'm like, what's wrong with me that I can't do that. And that's the problem that you're going to run into in every single person, like in this room, this chat room here is going to look in the mirror every day and then compare yourself to the next dentist and say, you know, why can he do that? Or why can she do that? And why can't I do that? And it's so important to understand how destructive that is and how, you know, that can tear apart your psyche and, 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 you know, make you so unhappy. And so when you're going through this process of deciding, you know, what you want to do or what kind of specialty you want to do, or what kind of dentist you want to be, or what practice you want to be in, do it for yourself because you need to look in the mirror every day and you need to understand, you know, this is what makes me happy. And if you compare yourself to everyone else, it will never make you happy, man. This guy's driving a Lambo. How is he driving a Lambo? And I'm driving a Civic. What am I doing wrong? Like you, you play those games with yourself and you're going to have a very unfulfilling career. hundred percent. You mentioned this earlier and I swear every, everybody that I talked to, obviously older than us at a certain age, like and it differs between people, their motivation changes from financial to, to what is most fulfilling. Like what makes you the most happy? What, what is your purpose? What's best for you and your family? And, it be, and, and like a lot of people when they're young focus on, on the financial aspect of it. And that's like a part yeah. of specialization because, um, obviously there's a financial reward uh, associated with that, but it, it completely changes at, at some point. And I'm happy. I'm, I'm like starting to figure this out now, but it's just whatever makes you the most happy, like whatever your purpose is. And, uh, and, and I don't know, maybe you can reflect on that because yeah, it sounds, it sounds like Dude, the direction you're going with. I, I couldn't agree more because, oh man, I've had so many, man, I've been to counseling. I've been to, I'll tell you everything, man. Like I'm not afraid to hide. I think we need to be real as dentists because right now that's missing from our profession. You see this guy stand up on a podium and you're like, man, that, that guy has got it together. That guy has an amazing practice, great family, nice cars, big house, but what's going on in his head? You know what I mean? Or, or her head or whomever. It, it's just, it's, you need to take a step back from it all and, and just understand that 
money will never make you happy. And as a kid growing up, it's all I wanted. I wanted to be able to buy that house. And so I buy that house. And then I realize I'm still sitting in the shell. That means nothing to me. I buy that car. It still means nothing to me until you full and, and mark my words. Okay. 15 years down the road, you're going to remember this conversation and you say, until you change your mindset from self and change it to service, you will never be happy until you can understand that the key to, to a fulfilling career and a fulfilling life is helping those around you grow. You will never be happy. And so it will take you years to get to that point. But once you get there, you will see so much, you will feel the clarity of everything happening around you. You feel like everything's in slow-mo because you know what's going on. You don't need to compete with your neighbor. You don't need to compete with these dentists. You can truly feel happy for them. You go to your buddy's practice, spend $5 million on this practice. It looks beautiful. And then you go to your office and it looks kind of dingy and it's not the same, but you're happy. You know what I mean? You're happy for them. And it's because you can help the people around you grow. And that doesn't have to be people at home. It can be people around the world, but that at the end of the day, that's, what's going to give you your fulfilling career. It's funny. It's funny. Cause you, earlier you're making it sound like a switch. It's just like, yeah, you know what the day before uh, I had a certain mindset and the day after it all switched. And now it's like, yeah, a, it's, it's a year, a few year journey, you know, it's a, it's a continuing it's a lifelong journey. And it's, it <laughs> is. And you have to like, even now you get caught up in the, you know, you get caught up in the rat race and the, and the hamster wheels and stuff. And then you're like, no, this is not what it's about. It's about making an impact. And to me, it's, I used to always look forward to my next trip or I always used to look forward to, you know, when I can go and do this, but now it's like, you know, I can, I can make an impact in people's lives every day. I can change someone's today, someone's tomorrow, someone's forever. And I don't even have to leave my office to do that. Or I can do that tomorrow. You know what I mean? Like I can, I can do whatever I want. And, and just knowing that you can have that ability as a dentist, that, that's what makes this career so cool. That's really cool. And you're actually, you're not a stranger to helping people from outside of your community too, right? You do a lot of volunteering. Let's segue back to that. Cause that's, that's really, really cool. Um, <laughs> so these trips, can you just quickly brief summary, all the volunteer trips that you're involved in? Yeah. So, um, uh, we just do dental, like we do dental trips in, in areas without access to any dental care. And it's often, you know, quite remote. So my favorite place to go is Guatemala. And, you know, you fly into Guatemala, you take these buses and you end up in these rural indigenous communities where everyone's dressed in like, you know, colorful clothing, like, like truly off the map, your phone doesn't work. Just getting down to the root of how am I going to help a perfect stranger today and not expect anything in return? To me, that sums up a dental trip is what can, how can I share my skills with you to raise, you know, the, the, I don't even know, man, I, it, until you go on when you, you just don't understand, it's just camaraderie. And it's, you know, I've been put on this earth for this purpose to help those around me. And now I get to do it. And that's the vibe you get. And it just, man, I got goosebumps right now. Cause it, it just, I don't care how many trips you go on. You, you get the same, same feeling every time. Um, and then, um, uh, I met this girl Nicole, uh, who's my girlfriend today. She's absolutely, you know, amazing. And she says, you know, we need to make a bigger impact than just teeth. 
And I'm like, well, how do we make this impact? What can we do? And she's like, man, we need to give the gift of life. And that's water. These people don't have water. They, they're all sick all the time. They drinking, like, I've been seeing where they're getting their water from this dirty, like, you know, stream when they do have water. Cause it's, you know, everyone's affected by droughts down there these days. And we're like, dang, this is how we're going to do it. So we created this initiative called quench and we're going to, you know, with a mandate to drill one water well in one community and see how it goes. And then, you know, they drill the water. I don't drill the water wells. You should feel my hands they are super smooth. I, I don't know how to even hang a picture in my own house, but anyways, we hire these people, they drill water wells and they, uh, um, yeah, one water well turned to three, turned to five, turned to seven and it, to 13 or whatever and you just get to see the impact you get to have and then when you go back and do their dental work like that's even cooler because that brings it full circle for a dentist right and uh it the other cool part was like i come home and i'm like man you guys all need to understand what we're trying to do and then i get a community that you know is you know a smaller community but now they're we're holding fundraisers for this community in nicaragua and we're selling out fundraisers and galas and and uh you know you're raising 30 grand in a night for people that they don't even know you know what i mean and and that's cool like that's that's super cool and all this from you know a guy who's supposed to be just fixing teeth all day and that's the power we have as dentists. Like we have the ability to rally our communities to, to become leaders in our community. So, um, yeah, sorry, long story short, uh, dental trips, water well trips. And, uh, um, I, I take students with me every year. Like I have a scholarship, um, that I started at the U of S where I'll take two or three dental students every year and, you know, show them what life can be beyond just private practice. That's incredible. <laughs> yeah. Super cool. I think it's uh, so admirable, uh, not only that you grow from your failures, but that you allow others to grow from your failures as well by talking about them. And um, I, I think that's incredible uh, because not only does it make a more honest narrative, but it's a lot more productive, like the dialogue. Um, and you're so passionate about helping people and about service-oriented dentistry. And I think from what I'm hearing, it sounds like this doesn't only make you a better dentist, but it makes you a better person um, as well. Uh, what are what are the things that you've like, how, how do you think that this has made you a better dentist? Like going to these places and doing this work, do you think that there's, um, do you learn a lot about what, it's like they're in terms of, of their, their care, their health care, what they're lacking and, 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 and what they need and, and these kinds of things. <laughs> you know, to I, I totally hear what you're saying. It, it totally does, but it also makes you realize that we all have our own individual stories and I, you know, I, I waffle about this back and forth, but like, look at the geographical luck we had being being raised in our situation, being given that opportunity. I didn't grow up with much, but I still, you know, I got this opportunity to go to school. I got this opportunity to, to advance and, and grow, to become, you know, a professional in the community. And then I look at the people, you know, in some of these areas that I don't know how they're going to get that opportunity. Right. And so that's what makes me grow as a person is, you know, I don't know how I can, you know, raise a whole community or, or how I can lift a community up, but I can do my part. And I don't know that it's just, 
it's it's a tough question. It's tough to think about too, because we're also fortunate to be brought in the positions that we have and, you know, going down there as a dentist, we can't solve all the problems, but we can solve one, you know what I mean? And that has to be enough. And if I can get someone out of pain, I know I've changed their today and their tomorrow. Will they get another toothache? Probably, but there's more to it beyond that. It's not just, not just, you know, not having a toothbrush, it's nutrition. It's what's around them is if it's cheaper to drink pop than water, than clean water, what are they going to drink? Is it their fault? So it, it just makes you open up a whole area of your mind saying like, you know, how can we fix this? But then you have to take a step back and say, you know, uh, development work as I'm learning is a lot more complicated and difficult to, you know, comprehend than I thought. I thought I could, you know, just throw money at the situation, drill a water well, and boom, they're good. But that's not how it works. And, uh, you know, I can help one facet of it, but then there's the next problem. There's education, then there's healthcare and there's just, there's just so much to it. But, um, uh, being a dentist is, is a cool part of that. And at least I can get rid of their pain to help them go to work, to help them earn a living, to help them, you know, group raise their family. So I like to think that, you know, we do play a small role in that as well. Yeah. From what I'm hearing, it sounds that, um, it sounds like you learn a lot more about dentistry as a whole in terms of global health when you do this kind of work. I'm curious. Oh, goodness, about, yeah. yeah. I'm <laughs> about, um, like, digital dentistry and technologies and and have you seen um these kinds of things being able to have more of an impact um or or do you use them or is it or are we just not there yet you know man, can i tell you guys a story i just i don't know how long you guys got here but if you know me i can talk all day and so here's the here's the story that defined my career okay just just straight up uh 2000 2010 i'm working in guatemala in an orphanage okay this this story it, it just kills me to this day we're given like uh everyone's they get it like they see a dentist they have a bib you know what we need to do on the bib is written out and so as a young dentist i'm not telling people what they need so i had another dentist like they kind of tell us everything that that we're going to do on the person and she comes up to the table we're working in an orphanage in the kitchen, sits on this metal table, nine-year-old girl or 10-year-old girl, and on her bib says 11X. And I'm like, okay, 11, I'm taking out your front tooth. And then she smiles, you can see a big cavity there, and you're like, okay, well, I guess I'm going to take out your tooth. I freeze her up, you know, I don't know any Spanish, and that's weird too, like <laughs> not being able to communicate with your, with your patient. We have an interpreter there, you know, I'm just smiling the whole time. I freeze her up. The front needle hurts. We all know that. I go to pull out her tooth and she sits up, big smile on her face, no tooth. I'm like, yeah, you're done. She's like, we're done. And I'm like, yeah, 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 we're done. And she's feeling around there with her, with her finger. And she's like, well, when does the next one grow in? And I was like, well, that there is no next one. That, that's, that, that was your adult tooth. And she looks at me and she says, well, how am I going to get married now? And to me, until, still to this day, it brings a tear to my eye because the things that we do to other people play such a huge role. And what if I ruined her ability to get out of that orphanage at that young age? And so we have an impact on everything that we do. And we just have to be able to use 
that for good and, and show people that, you know, we can change lives, but we can always change lives for the worst too. So I know I didn't do that poor girl a service that day. I didn't, I didn't do good by her, but it, it, it was a huge failure that taught me that we can do better and we can help the people around me. So to tie this back into digital dentistry, my dream has always been that I can just turn around and scan that and make a flipper for her right away. And I've tried to get dentures to come with us and we don't always have power and it's tough to be able to make those things. And, you know, we're in and out of the communities quick, but wouldn't it be cool if I can just bring my scanner and my printer and have a generator there and just do it all right there. Like, wouldn't that be amazing? And that's what digital dentistry can do for us. And that's what we're seeing around us is the technology fully there that I can like, you know, bring it right to Guatemala and do that stuff. I don't know, but uh, it's coming. Right. Yeah. I can see that's super emotional. And as honestly, one of the questions I was going to ask was, there's obviously like so many limitations. I, I've never gone on a service trip for dentistry before, but I, I was going to ask like, what kind of limitations are there? Um, obviously aside from technology um, in, in, in service trips in dentistry, like what, what, what are your, the biggest limitations that you wish you could do that you have here that you don't have there? Oh man. First of all, endo. I don't think we always have the ability to do endo um, because we don't have suctions. It's, it's, it's hard to do. Um, like we have, a, we have like our ADEC units, like we have a compressor. Um, we need to get one of those portable handheld x-rays. And cause right now we're like doing like bare bones in the middle of nowhere. We'll set up in like a church or set up in a school and, you know, we take out teeth, we do fillings, we'll do, um, like, you know, silver and composite fillings. But uh, we make it a rule. We don't pull any front teeth. Um, what we do for those patients is we always gather um, like money um, from all of us. Like we'll donate like, you know, four or 500 bucks and we'll put it into a pot. And we arrange for these people to go to the closest town and get endos on their front teeth because I will never pull a front tooth on a young lady again. Um no matter what, like, it's just, it, it's, it's, it's tough because we need to smile. And, and our, as you know, as dentists, our confidence hides behind our smile and without that smile, we, who are we? Right. And so, um, I wish we had that ability to, uh, do more dentistry, but I think with this digital dentistry, you know, evolution revolution, um, we will be able to eventually do a lot more of these, um, you know, treatments right there right then and there right so i think that'd be super cool but yeah sometimes you don't have power and i remember i was pulling teeth and i look up behind me and there's a whole like chicken coop right behind my head and there's like you know eggs and and a nest and i'm like how did i not even notice this before but like you get caught up in what you're doing um one day we were working underneath a house because all houses are stilts in Ecuador along the Amazon. And I'm like pulling teeth underneath a house and it's, and like the Amazon's right there. And, and it's, it's just, it, it's crazy, right? Like you, you, you have to almost think where you are and you know, you don't expect to have all the luxuries you do at home. Oh, I, I need to do one of these trips. <laughs> 
yeah, it'll, it'll, it's, if, if anything, it's just the coolest adventure ever. Right. So it's, yeah, it's, I got to do it. I was always teeter tottering between it. Uh, <laughs> I got to do it. Yeah, no, <laughs> you got to do it. And like, phenomenal experience. it's cool to keep uh, religion out of it too. Right. Like a lot of these a lot of these places it makes people uncomfortable if you like you know bring religion into it it has nothing to do with religion it has something to do with dentistry it has something to do with like you know helping our fellow person and so uh that that's what it's about for me that's great yeah for sure gotta get on that next year i'm really upset i didn't (laughs) go through it now uh, with the the jamaica trip that we were supposed to do in school but anyways we're we're getting closer to an hour um i want to leave off on a kind of a a growth question here so uh, i really like this one that we have written down what new uh what new products do you have going on right now and where do you see yourself going right now my i guess my biggest project is is just trying to be that mentor for other dentists that you know don't have that mentor for them. And so um, I created this uh, course, thirdmolarsonline.com, and I'm you know teaching teaching dentists how to take out wisdom teeth and and just become better at surgery. And it's pretty cool. Like I was talking with a guy from Atlanta yesterday and you meet people all over the world and like in Dubai and Australia. And I'm like, man, how'd you guys even hear about me? But, uh, that's my biggest project going on right now is, uh, is just, you know, meeting dentists across the world and, and teaching. And, uh, um, we're going to be, uh, uh, holding surgery, um, like study clubs and, and surgery courses, um, all over Ontario and BC, um, pretty soon with, uh, Dr. Shergan and, uh, the future is bright. I'm so excited to see, you know, what happens next because we have that, uh, we have that ability to impact so many dentists around us and, uh, we're all looking for someone to help us and, you know, give us the straight up truth on what it is. Cause if, like I said, if you want to know about failures, I'll tell you everything you need to know. Cause I live them every day. Right. So it's good. So if you were to give it a piece of advice to students right now, what would it be? Yeah. Um, I'm going to tell you the same thing my dad told me. Think big because the only one that's going to limit yourself is you. And so we all have the ability to change someone's today, someone's tomorrow and someone's forever. And my girlfriend, Nicole tells me that all the time as well. And it doesn't have to just be in dentistry. So just, just think big because you can make a huge impact out there. Chris, Jerry, any closing remarks? It sounds like so much of what you've been saying and so much of what you've learned has come from communicating with with your patients and connecting with them. And I think that, um, you know, in school, we're not really taught soft skills. And, and I know that a lot of people uh, struggle in that sense. And, and even what you're talking about with like anxiety, like reducing anxiety, you're listening to um, what, what your patients are telling you. And I was wondering if you had any tips for people who want to or, or or practitioners who want to communicate or connect better with their patients um to build kind of a healthy rapport and a healthy relationship you are on the ball because that's exactly what it comes down to it's all communication and uh it took me a while to understand you know how to communicate and how to listen um because as you know human beings we all want to be heard and we don't want to be we don't like to listen and i think i'm guilty of that a lot like like i said i talk too much but um being able to look someone in the eye put your hand on their shoulder and say you know i'm going to take care of you 
brings so much it just calms everything down because people want to be heard and you listen to everything that they have to say. And, um, a trick you can use is almost labeling what, what they need to say in, in almost like, uh, like mirroring it back. Right. So, um, you know, I haven't been to a dentist in, and it's all open-ended questions, right? So I haven't been to a dentist in 20 years. The last dentist put a foot on my chest, pulled out my tooth, hurt like hell. And I always love those stories too, right? And I'm like, no one's putting a foot on your chest. Like, I don't even know how I would put a foot on anyone's chest, but I hear these stories every day, right? And you're like, and, the, and so you almost let them, you allow them to be heard by saying like, so in that, in that, in that scenario, I would say, you know, foot on your chest and it's an open-ended three words, foot on your chest forwards. And they're like, yeah, you put a foot on my chest and it was just bad, bad, bad. And you just let them talk. And when you mirror someone and you give them that ability to keep on talking, people feel hurt. And that's exactly what you're going to do um, in these scenarios, especially with anxious people, anxious people want to be heard. And you just have to give them that ability to be heard. And when you turn that around, they feel like you're listening. So if I'm going to give you a tip, tip about communicating, that's, that's what I do a lot. And uh, I find it, it, it helps a lot of people calm down. I feel like you would be a really good instructor. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> I feel like you'd be someone that I, I would just listen to all day, to be honest. You're, you're a cool man. Yeah. Congratulations Thanks. on all your success. I think you're doing incredible work. Um, keep going. You're, you're honestly an inspiration. It's been so cool to talk to you. Uh, I, I don't even have words to say. Like, it just seems like you're doing such impactful work. And honestly, just, I don't know, um, inspires me to be a better dentist, be a better person in general. So thank you. Man, the only thing separating us right now is 15 years. <laughs> I'm telling you guys right now, because you all have like, when you say I'm an inspiration, I don't believe that, but dude, there's nothing. You can do the exact same thing and probably do it 10 times better. And so you all have the ability to do that as students. And I think it's really cool that you're, you know, share, trying to share other people's stories with everyone. So you can be that like, you know, ultimate, ultimate dentist and, and just, just create a, an impact on everywhere uh, you go and everyone you meet. So I think that's super cool what you guys are doing. Thank you. All right. Well, this has been the business of drilling. Thank you so much for listening. Check out debbieacademy.ca and find us on Instagram at debbie.academy. Uh, we also have a Facebook group. If you guys just want to tune into our discussions, we try to engage and just talk about the business of drilling from day to day. So thanks for listening. Dr. Jamal, thank you for joining us. Happy to be here. We'll uh, we'll talk soon.